Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rama podcast. This is episode two. I'm very excited about it. Today, we'll be talking about the life of Paul, Paul the Apostle. And Paul is my greatest uh, role model from the biblical time, but not only the biblical time, uh, probably of all time, because he began preaching the very thing that he had people killed and executed for, and he actually ended up writing um, or being responsible for half of the New Testament. Um, I look to Paul for reassurance of God's grace because um, Paul was used as an example uh, that no matter what you do, um, you can always be forgiven. So I'm constantly looking to Paul uh, as reassurance of of forgiveness and God's grace for me and that nothing can separate me from God's love. So uh, let's get started with episode two. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, so we'll get right into it. The first word you need to know is Pharisee. Now, Pharisees were religious leaders of the law in Judaism um, before Christ and while Christ was um, living. So the Pharisees were religious leaders of the law. They had a narcissistic quality about them. They had an inflated sense of self-esteem. They thought that their lives, their souls were more valuable than others. They thought that they knew more than others, and they thought that uh, it was exclusive, only that only Pharisees could know the truth, and you know it's the secrecy that they enjoy. Um, so Pharisees were Jewish religious leaders of the law, and Paul, um, who was first uh, his his original name was was Saul. He changed it to Paul after his conversion, but he was a Pharisee, and he you know jumped right on board with this arrogant, uh, narcissistic quality. Now, another thing you need to know is that the Jews did not accept Jesus as their Messiah. That, that had been prophesied and prophesied about in the Torah, that Isaiah prophesied about, that David kept prophesying and kept prophesying about. Um, so the Jews did not accept Jesus as their king. That's another thing that you need to know. Uh, one reason that they didn't accept Jesus as their king was because he had no attraction or beauty um, that would draw people to him. He was born into a broken family. He was born into someone who had just been accused of adultery, wasn't even born in a house, um, didn't have any of the religious privileges that were custom at the time, uh, worked with his hands. He was a carpenter. So there wasn't anything um, luxurious about Jesus. Uh, They thought that their king, their Messiah, was going to be someone who was like King David, who wore a crown and was distinguished and would come in and would save the Jews, that, that this salvation that the uh, Torah had been talking about was just going to be for the Jews. So that's what, they, um, that's what they were into. So I'll go into the Gospels a little bit. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are really a metaphor of the Pharisees and Jesus. Jesus is kind of telling the Pharisees that, oh, you know, in one scene, um, he tells them that the Pharisees love to walk around with their their prayer tassels on. They love to walk around town and be seen praying. Um, In one verse, he mentions that the Pharisees love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And that's very important. So Saul... 
I'll call him Saul because at, when he was Saul, he was persecuting Christians. Saul was one of those Pharisees uh, with an inflated self, uh, sense of self-esteem and self-worth. And he persecuted Christians because he hated, they hated Jesus because Jesus brought salvation to everyone, which is something that Jesus was preaching, that salvation belonged to everyone and that this is not the way to do it. You go into your room and you shut the door where no one can see you. It's not about um, the praise of men. It's about the praise of God. And Saul hated that. He hated Christians because, um, honestly, because they didn't believe that the, the, believe the way he did. Um, he thought that this salvation should only be for the Jews. So it's still that exclusivity factor um, that kind of hardens people's hearts and saying that you, you, you can't have what I have. And I'm not sure what that is within people. I think it's something that um, every human is born with that can be uprooted at some point um, with God's love. But so Paul was persecuting thousands of Christians after Jesus's um, death. He persecuted thousands of Christians. He had thousands of Christians killed. He ordered, he ordered Christians to be beheaded. I mean, he was just the worst type of guy. So we learn from the book of Acts, that's after the Gospels in the New Testament, that he sees uh, Jesus in a vision. And he says, Saul, Saul why, are you, why are you persecuting me? Um, so after he sees this vision, this vision of... Um, Christ, he loses his sight, and then um, then a miracle happens, and he says scales fell from his eyes, and he could finally see um, the truth. So from then on, uh, from then on, he starts preaching the gospel. And what do you think happens? And the gospel means the good news. The good news is that you can have eternal life. And I don't know about um, you, but I want to live forever. And not only live forever, but live forever um, where there's only goodness. So that's, that's the gospel is the good news is that you can receive um, eternal life and get forgiveness for everything you've ever done, um, which I know that I need. So Paul sets off on a treacherous journey. Um, and another thing about being a Christian or having Christ in your heart is, you, you know that this life is temporary. Um, and if you don't get all your dreams in this life, it doesn't matter because the next life is really, it, heaven is really what, what matters, is where you'll get everything. And Paul wrote in, in, in Corinthians that you can't even, your mind can't even conceive the things that God has for you. So what you think is heaven you have no idea how amazing it's going to be. So that's how Paul lived. He gave up everything. He, he never had a wife. Um, he never had a home. He traveled around um, establishing the first churches. And that's what the books are in the New Testament, are his letters. And if you read them, they're actually letters. Like he, he greets himself and he, he um, is talking to these um, young church leaders and, and young churches about ways to um, raise up the churches. So that's what the books in um, 
the New Testament are, they're his letters to, to people and to churches. So, for example, Corinth um, is the book of Corinthians. <clears throat> he writes to Philippi. Um, that's where we get Philippians. Um, he writes to the Romans. That's where we get the book of Romans. And he also writes to the Hebrews, which is my favorite book because he's just letting the Hebrews have it, you know, because the Hebrews are the Jews and the Jews don't believe in Christ because they're arrogant. And they have to remove that arrogance in order to receive Christ because he is free of arrogance and um, pride. So um, after that, Paul's life is literally hell. He gets shipwrecked. He gets... Um, stoned. He gets the lashes that Jesus got. For each session, you get 39 lashes. He got those five different sets of times. Um, he was chained. Paul and Silas were chained, um, starved, shipwrecked, sleep deprived, hungry, naked. They literally were a living sacrifice, um, to Christ and a living embodiment of, he, he set the example. He was the first uh, man that was not a disciple to set the example. And not only, it, this, this wasn't just a coincidence. And I want to read you guys um, a verse from 2 Timothy. It's chapter 1, verse 2. This is the letter that he was writing to Timothy um, while he was helping establish churches. I'm not sure where, but... Um, the verse reads, and this is Paul, Paul talking. Um, this is, wait, I'm sorry. This is not the, um, this is not the verse. Okay, here's the verse. It's 1 Timothy 1, um, verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I was the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that, it, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience, his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. So he's saying that um, he was the worst of sinners, but for that very reason, Paul was called to let Christians know or believers know that there's nothing you can do that God won't forgive you for. Now, don't get me wrong, Paul also said that faith without works is dead. So you can't just, that's not an excuse to just go around and sin and know that God will forgive you because you act out of love, and that's not an act of love when you say, I'm, uh, you do it because you love somebody. Um, and then it's not a service when you love somebody. Um, <clears throat> so... Paul was used because he killed thousands of Christians. And the other day, I was just thinking, oh, no, I did something. How can I be forgiven? Then I'm like, oh, wait, Paul and grace. So I just want to explain to you guys what grace is. Grace means that you forgive somebody when they don't deserve it. And do any of us deserve to be forgiven? Not really. Um, but that's the beauty of it is that you, you've gone through the act of forgiving someone. So um, I want to read some more, um, some more um, Bible verses to you guys. This one from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. I be, 
And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those who God has chosen. 2 Timothy 2.11, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Um, this one uh, is called Awaiting the New Body. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 18. That is why we never gave up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't fix our eyes on the troubles we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see Will last forever. Um, and I really wanted to let you guys know that in this life, we find out who we are. You know, everybody wants to be the most patient, um, the strongest, the most forgiving, the one who overcomes. But how can we, and God knows that we're overcomers, but how can we know that we're forgiving? How can we know that we have these qualities about ourselves if we don't personally go through them ourselves? And some people will say, what, what does it matter that um, Paul, you know, suffered that much? Why should we look to him? He, he sort of chose that suffering. He, he chose that suffering, but um, God chooses the foolish things of this life to shame the wise. And what I mean by that is why would somebody get up there and suffer? Why would somebody suffer for, for somebody else? But that's, that's agape love. That's who we are in, in essence. And that's what I see kind of like without human form, that's what we are. And that Jesus said there's no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And there's a quote that I have by um, Henry David Thoreau, who I don't believe um, was a Christian, but it doesn't matter. He said, the price of anything <clears throat> is the amount of life you exchange for it. How much life do you exchange for somebody is how much you love them. And that doesn't mean that you don't love a stranger, but um, let's talk about your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, dad, when they need you, what, what is it? When they truly need you, how do you act? Are you there for them? Are you able to sacrifice the, the, the things your heart desires, which I know my heart desires to have fun. It's one, it's one of the things that I want to do most in life, but do I have it in me to sacrifice this life now for what truly matters, which is Love. Um, and everybody wants it, but the majority of it is superficial. Um, unless it's rooted in the truth. So I just wanted to end with how Paul lost his life. He, he was beheaded under Nero, which was the Roman emperor of Rome. He was the, he was the first emperor to persecute Christians uh, in masses. It was horrific. And if you wanted to do any research on that, you could 
find out um, how big of a bloodbath it was. But Paul was beheaded under Nero. He lived to be about 64 to 65 years old. Um, and, you know, he talked about to live is Christ, to die is gain. So for him, dying was only a gain. So go boldly into death and we'll see you on the other side. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thanks. Bye.